Hello, welcome to the InfraTalk podcast brought to you by Infrastructure Ventures. Come listen in as we talk with policy experts on how we can advance the use of innovative technology in the infrastructure and transportation industry. Why? Because we know we can do better. So sit back or walk the dog, go for a run or grab a cup of coffee and join us for this episode of the InfraTalk podcast. Hello, I'm Greg Netto host of the InfraTalk podcast. Today, I'd like to share with you a conversation with Shante Hastings, Deputy Secretary and Chief Engineer at the Delaware Department of Transportation. Shante has played a pivotal role in positioning DelDOT as a national leader in the implementation of e-ticketing and as co-chair of the Ashno Innovation Initiative. Listen in as we discuss how technology is revolutionizing project delivery. So, Madam Deputy Secretary, now you're Deputy Secretary of DelDOT and Chief Engineer. Yes. Which is a little unusual. Uh, so the scope of your responsibilities are rather broad. Yes, they are. Your history at DelDOT, 22 years, first job out of school, rising to Deputy Secretary and Chief Engineer. Can you sort of tell me what that journey was like and and the, the role you're playing today. Sure, happy to. Uh, so I actually interned for DelDOT uh, the summer before my senior year at University of Delaware um, in construction. Uh, I had a great experience. I knew after that experience that I didn't want to be in construction, <laughs> but that I wanted to work for DelDOT. And I was fortunate enough to uh, get offered a full-time opportunity uh, the spring of my senior year and uh, decided to take them up on it. So I started out actually in the division of planning, uh, doing uh, concept designs and things of that nature. Um, the department had a reorganization in 2002 and so I moved to the new uh, Division of Transportation Solutions, um, which was more the project development side of the house. Uh, so did that for a while, uh, moved on to uh, the Division of Maintenance Operations, uh, worked there for a couple of years, and that's when I came in contact with our uh, then Cabinet Secretary, Shailen Batt, during a hurricane situation. <laughs> um, and a few months later, he kind of called out of the blue, asked me to come to his office, um, and asked me to lead the Performance Management Initiative for the department. So that was something new to me. I was a little uh, apprehensive about wow. it and Big didn't know job. exactly why he wanted me to do that, yeah. um, but tested it out and really liked it. And so um, I worked in the office as a secretary for a little while, went back to Transportation Solutions, worked as a deputy there, um, and was fortunate enough to be selected as chief engineer in 2019. I uh, did that uh, for about a year, and then our cabinet secretary at the time decided to retire. Um, and so our uh, deputy secretary uh, was nominated to be secretary, and when she and I chatted, um, I said, well, I haven't really gotten to do all the things I wanted to do as chief engineer, because I've only been doing it for a year, because um, she wanted me to be the deputy. And she said, oh, well, you, you can do both. <laughs> and it's like, okay, great. Okay. <laughs> That's the best of both worlds for me. Uh, so uh, under that role, so as chief engineer, I'm overseeing all of the capital uh, program that we have at the department. Um, we have about 450 staff in my division uh, that work on project delivery, uh, whether it be the design teams, uh, traffic management, environmental, right-of-way, utilities, all the components of project development. Um, so I do that piece of the work. And then uh, as deputy secretary, focused on policy, uh, so work on uh, legislation within our state, um, work on constituent or relations with legislators, so any project questions that they have, fielding those, uh, getting those out to my team and getting them responses, and then also get to work a lot on the national uh, transportation front uh, through ASHTO and other organizations. So a, a variety of uh, opportunities to, to lead in different spaces. Um, extraordinary. 
Um, and, and of course, at a time when we have a, his, a historic investment in infrastructure all over the yes. country, and I'm sure that's adding a few levels of challenge to, to, your, um, to your enterprise and your, uh, your personal responsibility for it. It certainly is, uh, you know, trying to deliver on uh, all of the new infrastructure uh, funding and programs, um, working with the team. We actually created a new division, uh, Transportation Resiliency and Sustainability, uh, to uh, oversee a lot of the, you know, protect funds, resiliency funds, um, all of those aspects. Delaware is the lowest lying state in the nation. And so we face a lot of challenges in that space. And so we're excited to have the opportunity from the federal side uh, with funding to be able to have this division that's really focused on that. That's fascinating. And the objectives of that division are not only to implement, uh, you know, IAJA, but it will clearly impact um, behavior, operational yes. priorities uh, at a time and in, in an area that is, you know, critically important and more so. And the general public is beginning yes. to really embrace that. And I've been amazed at the level of commitment that industry has brought and a, a serious commitment and one based on their realization that uh, it's good for America and it's good for business. Yes. So uh, that's that's brilliant. Uh, uh, that's a very interesting initiative, and one of the contributing factors to from a solution standpoint is clearly becoming technology. Yes. And um, one of the specific technology initiatives that we wanted to speak with you about, um, because of the leadership role that Dell Dot has been playing really nationally, is called e-ticketing. Yes. And to most people, I uh, have to confess, I mean, I've spent years as a deputy commissioner of a state DOT and obviously my, my years at Federal Highway, and I have to confess, I didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, as a policy person, not an engineer, I didn't have a lot of sure. exposure to it. And um, I just became fascinated with the, with the ability to transform this, you know, rather discreet part of the project delivery continuum and the impact it could have. Clearly, Dell Dot saw that very early, uh, very early on because you're clearly one of the leading states in the country in terms of implementation. So can you just talk about e-ticketing as sort of this discrete element? Sure. Uh, obviously, the Everyday Count 6 initiative has uh, highlighted e-ticketing. And by the way, the 43 states have adopted the initiative, which is a Everyday Great. Counts record, which is near and dear <laughs> to my heart. Can you just give us a sense of kind of where that in, in initiative, the impetus for it, the, sure. and, um, and how it sort of came about? Sure, happy to. Um, you know, it's funny, I talked about uh, being an intern for Dell Dot Marketing and Construction, so I very vividly remember being out on a paving project, Fourth uh, of July weekend in 1999, and it being a high 90s, low 100 degree temperatures, and we're paving, and I was tasked with collecting every ticket from every hot mix truck <laughs> that delivered asphalt to the project. <laughs> you lived it. <laughs> I remember that. Um, and so, you know, we've been doing, you know, our paving operations that way 
for a really long time. And e-ticketing really kind of revolutionizes that and says, we're not gonna you know, have a driver deliver this paper ticket that they're giving to the inspector that hopefully makes it into you know, the proper place for payment, for tracking information. Now we can kind of automatically transfer that information. We have all of the information about that load of hot mix. Uh, I know the time that it was you know, put on that truck, know the exact tonnage, have all of that information. And really materials are so important to our projects in terms of the longevity. And we can go back and see, okay, did we have an issue uh, you know, with a load of hot mix that was there? And that's why this pavement is you know, failing a little prematurely. Um, so having all of that data in a, uh, you know, a system um, approach, it provides efficiencies on so many different levels, um, whether it be the person that had been collecting those tickets, um, all the way down to kind of the asset management uh, that the department is involved in. And so it, it really is going to revolutionize how we, how we do business in that space. Well, as a part of our um, role with the National E-Ticketing Task Force, we produced a, uh, we call them info docs. They're basically documentary style, um, and, it was, and only about a seven minute piece. Um, and in that, I, I, I was part of the folks that were interviewed, just trying to help articulate and explain what e-ticketing meant and what it, you know, what it was, what it meant, and what it could be. <clears throat> and uh, in that conversation, I said something to the effect that uh, uh, paper ticket, paper tickets are where data go to die. And then our brilliant videographer, when he was, you know, collecting uh, content for the piece. Uh, there was this uh, in, in the uh, uh, in the producer of the plant that our, sure. we were using, um, who were, were so kind and so effective in helping us understand it. They had a you know four or five of these freight uh, containers sitting in this sort of back part of the lot, and there was a drone shot coming in and a picture of these four or five freight containers. Open the door and they're loaded ten high with boxes of tickets, mm-hmm. and they zoomed in on the box and it said destroy 2025. So literally the right. visual manifestation of where paper, where data go to die <laughs> and tra- you know, transition, transform to a digit, you know, digital based system for the entire uh, supply chain delivery system in our industry. And the benefits are staggering from the data that you're now going to have to utilize, probably for applications we don't even yet know, right. but certainly in asset management, um, and the efficiencies that it brings to the operational considerations for both the owner and the contractor right. and the producer. So, I mean, we've been so impressed with the, the commitment and support of uh, National Asphalt Paving Association, the ReadyMix yes. Association, the aggregate uh, industry. Um, we've just, uh, it, it's really a terrific example of, of collaboration and right. all of us seeing the benefit. And as a result, I, I've been prognosticating that I think in two to three years, it'll become standard operating right. procedure, which is lightning speed yes. for technology <laughs> in our industry. Yes. Um, is, you know, so with that sort of backdrop, sure. how, how have you, how's your experience been with the relationship with the industry yes. at, at all levels and how important was that collaboration in getting you where you are today? Yes. So in Delaware, we call it the Delaware way, ah, <laughs> um, like how we kind of collaborate across mm-hmm. different spaces. And so it's very important for us to get buy-in whenever we Dell Dot are going to do anything that is a 
small change or large changes to, to how everyone does business. And so um, working with the Delaware Contractors Association and uh, you know making sure they knew what we were trying to do, piloting it with them, um, working with uh, the Delaware Asphalt Paving Association, DAPA, and you know talking through it with them. We don't do anything here without kind of having that consensus. And we do a lot of piloting because uh, that's a great way to learn um, and a great way to uh, maybe uh, innovate in a less scary space because mm -hmm. we're not fully committing to something. Hey, we're going to try this. We're going to see how it works. And if it works and we can, you know, truly show the benefits, then we're going to move forward. And so uh, we 100 uh, percent collaborated early on and often um, and happy to say that on the asphalt side of the house, you know, we're, we're full bore. Um, and now we're starting to uh, look at concrete. And so. Um, for us, it's been a great process, a great learning process. Um, we are also changing um, how we uh, do, you know, all of our construction documentation, so e-construction. Uh, so we, uh, you know, the program that we're using for that, e-ticketing is being folded into all of that. And it's just helping us be more efficient, having all the information in one space, um, helping us, you know, you, you talk about industry, you know, being able to pay for that asphalt that got delivered. It's all going directly into our system and being part of our uh, cost estimate, monthly cost estimate process um, that happens. And so it's been a really good experience for our department. In the, in the uh, info doc I mentioned, um, it was clear in terms of something as simple as billing that one of the one of the testimonials from, from one of the private sector players was the weeks it took often to get to the sure. point where they could bill. And that's, you know, from a private sector side, that's critical. If, if you're billing efficiently out of the gate, um, as opposed to waiting two or three weeks for the tickets to catch up, yep. um, it's an extraordinary advantage to the industry side. And I imagine the efficiencies um, mm -hmm. uh, garner significant benefit to the owners. You have a much better handle on what's going on. Yes. So, and that collaboration clearly was essential in getting you where you are today. Um, one of the other elements uh, of this issue that have come up, and not strictly related to e-ticketing, but sort of the BIM for infrastructure movement, digital as built, mm -hmm. the whole evolution toward digitizing the project yes. delivery system, um, which is what, you know, what I'm particularly excited about. I mean, Everyday Counts in its origin was all about how we deliver projects more efficiently and yes. effectively. And uh, so clearly, um, um, and in 2010 was the first initiative. Uh, it was on 3D modeling. Mm -hmm. And that's when I first began to really educate myself about it and the extraordinary potential yes. that that had. Fast forward, three more, uh, three initiatives over six years, uh, collaborating with states. And then of course, the current initiative, EDC6. So there's been an ex a real investment of time and effort by, by states and Federal Highway. Um, you mentioned uh, the nominee for the Federal Highway Administrator, <laughs> Shailen Batt, uh, an old friend and colleague of mine. And uh, the, talk to me about the, the role of Federal Highway and the extent to which that collaboration has also contributed to your success. And again, you're sort of ahead of the game, but EDC6 was clearly part of your journey. So yes. give me a sense of how important it is that Federal Highway has established such a leadership role. Yes, definitely. I think, you know, to your point, every day does count. Um, we're doing projects that are safety driven, that are capacity driven, multimodal. Um, and it, the quicker that we can get things done and the more efficient that we can be and the more information we know about our system just helps us deliver faster. And so, 
you know, having the focus through EDC is really important. Having uh, the stick innovation funds um, that that I believe we did use some for e-ticketing um, in Delaware, and so um, having that uh, collaboration and really that support from a funding resource and also being able to connect to, to other states throughout the, the nation to see what they're doing um, has been really important for us. Um, we value our uh, partnership with Federal Highways, both our local office as well as the, the resources um, at, the, at the headquarters level um, in, in this space. But yes, uh, definitely collaborated with our local division office about what we were doing, how we were going to do it. Um, they had a lot of good input and feedback, again, as we were collaborating with the industry as well. Terrific. I want to sort of shift gears a little bit um, and talk to you about workforce and challenges that every DOT in the country is facing, every contractor in the country, yes. every producer. Um, and, you know, we have this sort of generational shift going on. The baby boomers, uh, and particularly in the civil, enge civil engineering sector, are rapidly retiring. Yes. Um, and that's creating a host of challenges uh, for everyone involved in this industry. So if you're a 25 year old and you're looking for a career opportunity, um, how, how do you leverage this commitment to technology or are you leveraging this commitment to technology as part of an effort to recruit and retain that critical uh, workforce coming up? And, and of course, within the civil engineering community, we're not producing as many engineers as right. we have retiring. So that creates a whole nother set of challenges. So just just yes. generally, are, are you leveraging technology as part of your recruitment and retention efforts? Certainly. So we are doing all that we can to recruit and retain uh, staff. And innovation is a big part of that. Um, you know, if you if you tell a millennial that you're going to go and stand by a truck and grab a ticket and then you're going to take these tickets and, you know, do all these things with them they're looking at you like you're crazy <laughs> because that it, it seems like a waste of time so and, that, <laughs> and that there are better ways to do things. And so, um, you know, I think having a culture of innovation at the department um, has helped us. Um, we have a great internship program for both high school and college students uh, to let them know about different, you know, facets of transportation. We have uh, several that are uh, interning either in maintenance or construction, you know, out on those road type projects. Um, so they're seeing the benefits of, uh, of some of these innovations that, that we've been implementing. But yes, it's really important, not only for recruitment and retention, but again, just for being more efficient, um, you know, spending our dollars wisely. Um, and so it's, you know, things like e-ticketing are very helpful um, in that space. But yes, we are uh, very similar to a lot of uh, other DOTs and private sector in terms of having, you know, higher vacancy rates than usual. And so doing all that we can to show, you know, that we are a place that innovates, that we're open to new ideas, um, and that we, you know, are putting our, our money where our mouth is and really investing in these different innovations. And in Delaware, it's really great. You know, we're such a small state um, that we're able to innovate pretty quickly. And we're okay with even failing sometimes, as long as you're learning from that and pivoting to, to something new. And so it's been, um, it, it's helpful for us because we have a, a smaller group of people to, you know, have to gain consensus with and can pilot things very easily. It, it my, my, you know, uh, my often, my philosophy, if you would, uh, in, in, as we were uh, back in the, in the time that I served with Victor Mendez, it, it was, uh, you know, our, our philosophy was top down, bottom up, meaning you needed the buy in and the leadership of the 
top levels of an agency, but you couldn't do it without the frontline troops engaging, getting their buy-in, yes. and making their level of commitment. And that's sort of the secret sauce to advancing innovation. Um, uh, you're obviously a, a big part of that leadership uh, solution, but I assume uh, Secretary Majeski is also. So you're, it's important for your top leadership, including the secretary, to be that committed. So the sort of general commitment to advancing technology, is that something that was, you know, a commitment made at the top, influencing the frontline troops, or did the ideas and the impetus and the, you know, the, 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 the commitment emanate from those folks on the front line, those technical experts, those, you know, unsung heroes off, and I call them champions mm -hmm. of change, uh, that uh, are so critical to the success of advancing innovation. So sure. talk a little bit about kind of what came first, the chicken or the egg. So I think it's both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you talk specifically about e-ticketing, it definitely was an idea uh, generated by really our construction folks um, and saying like, hey, we want to try this and having the space from a leadership standpoint to be like, yep, let's go ahead. Let's see what funding we can allocate. Um, and then sometimes we'll go to different, you know, conferences, uh, you know, national events and hear something and say like, hey, I heard about this idea. Are yeah. we doing this? And if we're not doing this, who can be the champion for it? Yeah. Um, and so I think it comes from both directions yeah. really, um, but we are committed uh, from, you know, Secretary Majeski on down to, uh, you know, putting funding towards it, putting time and effort. Um, it, it takes time and resources to be able to innovate. And so giving folks the, the space to be able to do that, bringing on resources when we need to. Um, but yes, I, I think we've, uh, you know, over the last decade or more have really focused on having a culture of innovation um, and, you know, through doing innovation fairs and we have an innovation station that we had um, online where people could submit ideas, um, really being open. I think leadership needs to be open to that and be supportive. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of those ideas really come from staff mm -hmm. um, who are in the field doing it, you know, doing the work day by day and yeah. saying like, hey, can we, you know, do this in, in a different manner? A good way to sum it up, there is a quote I read in a story in the Federal Highways, The Innovator, their innovation mm -hmm. publication. And the quote was, putting consistent, clear information at our field personnel's fingertips is a benefit. Using the data that these systems collect in an intelligent way is what we see as the ultimate goal. And the quote was from Billy Sweeney, Dell Dot's yes. Project Controls Coordinator. Yes. So what you just described is exactly sort of the, the view from the front lines yes. that, uh, that I read and I was quite impressed with. And the story as a whole was pretty good. Um, so if, you, if we sort of look at the broader um, technology objectives, the, the whole BIM for infrastructure movement, mm -hmm. digital as builts, is that also an area that Dell Dot is pursuing and committed to evolving? Yes, definitely. So we've put together over the last year or so a digital delivery team uh, to really start looking through all of you know. There's there's a a wide swath of <laughs> uh, things that you can Huge. be working on, and you kind of have to take them off in yeah. in bites. Um, and so our team is kind of understanding what other states are doing, what technology is available, trying to figure out how that ties into what we do. Um, you know, and I think that the greater emphasis on asset management um, is really the, the key to all of that is that at the end of the day, you want to know exactly what you have and, you know, having 
digital as builds, you know, delivering your projects digitally to the contractors, all of that ties into having that information so that the next time we have something that we we know all of the information up front. Right. And so yes, we are making a concerted effort, don't have any specific, you know, timeframe goals on mm -hmm. when we want to be fully uh, digital, but, um, you know, going through using kind of a stepwise approach um, to getting there. But you're already doing it. You're already preparing that groundwork. We are. Um, about a year ago, Federal Highway published uh, basically a BIM for infrastructure roadmap. And it was very well researched, very well written, very well done. But the conclusion, basically based on their measure of the current state of practice sure. and models that they utilize to, to provide that estimate, they were estimating 10 years before we achieve state of practice. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the sort of uh, one of our missions is to accelerate that very right. much like uh, what sort of the everyday counts sort of objective. Sure. Um, so we, you know, uh, so I've looked at that and we coined the uh, hashtag we can do better um, because I don't think it's appropriate to be critical of that sure. conclusion. It was a very well-researched document that reached a conclusion that was based on objective analysis. But I've talked to several federal highway officials about that very subject, including people who had been directly involved in doing the study. My question to them was, can we do better? Right. And it comes down to only if state DOTs, talk about the front lines of something, make the level of commitment necessary to do it. And it's, you know, it's a combination of resources, but more importantly, the focus and priority. Right. Because you've got 100 priorities a week you've got to juggle. Mm -hmm. and crises every other week that you got to deal with. So DOTs have this massive you know, set of responsibilities, as you know better than most. Um, so our goal is to just keep asking that question sure. and keep looking at opportunities to do better. Yes. And um, um, your sense of what, what more it will take mm -hmm. um, I think the reality is there are a bunch of states who are really committed to this and really investing yes, time and effort definitely. and innovation. Um, and other states, not as much. But like in our business, uh, and one of the great values of Ashto is that, that opportunity to collaborate yes. with each other, to learn from each other. And as states advance and move more effectively, toward that goal, I think it's quite possible to certainly get there before 10 years. And oh, when definitely. you look at some estimates, 15 to 20% savings off the cost of projects, if you have a standard comprehensive approach to digital delivery. Sure. Um, so your thoughts? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, again, for us, collaboration is important. So our first, I would say, kind of major step um, into digital delivery is very recently, within the last few months, we've started releasing our 3D models for projects that we have 3D models for, because we don't have them for every project, but releasing those as part of the bid documents. So previously, you didn't get those until you were the successful bidder. And we heard from the contracting community that it would be helpful to have that information during bidding because they were basically taking our plans and putting it into whatever system to do some of their, um, you know, estimating. And so we we took that first step. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of a lot of pieces to that, you know, a lot of hesitation sometimes from staff saying, well, then I feel like it has to be 100 percent perfect. And is it going to take me longer to design to make sure that I've you know dotted every I and crossed every T? And so trying to get people over that fear um, and then also, you know, understanding kind of when you shift to, say, the digital, you know, as built you know, what technology are we going to use? All the contractors have, you know, different resources. And is there going to be a cost to them that they're not willing to take on? And so it takes time, I think, to have those conversations. And then, you know, anytime you're trying to kind of standardize a process, it's getting that consensus around. Yeah. What exactly is it? How are we going to do X, Y, or Z, especially if there's five ways to do it? Um, and so I think that's really the timing piece. I think we all buy into the end result is going to be great, but making sure you do it well um, going along that path. And then again, especially with our contracting community, making sure that we are you know, communicating and collaborating and understanding their needs um, is really important to making sure that it's successful in the end. So important. Well said. Um, last sort of you know, um, part of the conversation I wanted to raise is, in addition to everything we've just discussed in your role here at DellDot, you're also uh, chair of the Ashto Innovation Initiative. Uh, which has been around a long time yes. and has really evolved and I think is, is playing an increasingly important role in helping states really drive innovation. Um, can you sort of talk about that role and maybe one or two of the priorities and, and what you're most excited about in terms of where the sure. initiative is going? Yes, happy to. Uh, so I became chair, gosh, what, it's 2022 right now. Yep. <laughs> It's always hard in to remember. In the middle of COVID. Yes, in the middle of COVID. Uh, all, uh, you know, I was asked to, to chair uh, the, um, the innovation initiative. Um, and so my co-chairs are Dara Wheeler from uh, California and Rob McDaniel from uh, Utah. And so uh, they yeah. are amazing. We have a great team. Um, we're all, you know, kind of learning together about the history of AII um, and really having that forward looking, uh, you know, perspective of what do we want it to be? Um, and so AII uh, basically has uh, funding every year to, to select about two, what we call focus technologies and two or three additionally selected technologies. And the, the whole goal is really to provide almost like a, a marketing kit, if you will, for these uh, innovations so that state DOTs understand what they are, understand the benefits, you know, how to roll them out, if there were any challenges, et cetera. And so, um, there, you know, four or five are selected each year uh, to get kind of that whole package. Um, it can be peer exchanges, conferences, um, you know, websites, you name it, to just get the information out about great work that states are doing and how they're innovating in different spaces. And so I think the, the biggest thing I'll touch on that we're excited about is um, developing this national innovation platform um, where you basically have a database of all the innovations that states are doing, um, a, a great resource to all the state DOTs and others. Um, and so uh, we're, we're working um, with a variety of different entities to, to make that um, a reality. And um, you know, with that, trying to figure out what AII looks like once we have something like that. Because um, right now, again, we're able to highlight four or five you know, innovations and we're getting, you know, 40 or 50 uh, uh, submitted. And so there are ones that aren't even getting attention. And so this 
innovation platform would be a way for us to even get more information on innovations that are happening um, within state DOTs. And, you know, it would be searchable by different, you know, keywords, different, you know, is it a construction thing? Is it a safety thing? Um, is it maintenance? And uh, so we're really excited to be part of that process of developing that because um, we really think that's going to help kind of transfer, transform how uh, states are, are able to innovate and how they're able to get information about different innovations. One of the great challenges for innovators is engaging with state DOTs at a level where they're able to advance those innovations in a commercial sense. Mm -hmm. And one of the great challenges in the, under the, I call it the Federal Aid Highway Program system, which is 52 individual yes. DOTs, and under federal law, the Federal Aid Highway Program is described as um, state administered, federally assisted. Yes. And that's a policy framework that goes back decades. So the decision as to what innovations to use, yes. what contracting methods to employ, all of those things are clearly made at the state level mm -hmm. with federal guidance and oversight, sure. and, but principally those decisions are made. So you literally have to go door to door to 52 DOTs who have 52 ways of assessing these things. <laughs> In one state, it might be a manufacturer getting a manufacturing certification sure. for a project. In another state, it's getting on their products list. And NetPEP and yep. ASHTO, there's an infrastructure to do that. And I remember one of the first things I did after I retired from, from government, and at the time, Federal Highway Administrator, was uh, proprietary uh, products. And uh, an effort that one of the trade organizations, uh, ARTPA, uh, led an effort to repeal. And they did, successfully. So you basically had a clean slate. Mm -hmm and an opportunity to really do a better job at, is there a folk, what you just described sort of got me thinking yeah. about it, it's sort of a, of a, a national clearinghouse platform where innovators can come and, you know, go through the due diligence, right. and that's basically what NetPEP does. And I think there's an issue, I think there's a, the possibility of expanding that role and Sure. Providing is is really a resource question. So my advocacy after, and I and, and I told the folks when I decided to support the repeal, on the on the condition that we're all committed to working with Ashto going forward. They have an infrastructure, they have a system, uh, but perhaps industries, financial in support from industry, as opposed to mm -hmm. paying for the process and mm -hmm. the services of NetPEP, but a bigger commitment so that we have the capacity to do more and faster. Sure. Um, so that's not so much a question as right. <laughs> true confessions from my standpoint. Um, but I, I just, do you think we can do better, particularly in, in, in what you're describing as sort of the objectives of uh, AII? And, and it sounds a, like a very similar strategic sure. objective. So it'd be great if we could sort of expand that and really get industry involved. Right. Um, because it's a resource question, I think, to some degree. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts? We can always do better. <laughs> There's always room for Thank improvement. You for that. Put a hashtag. In front of that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the collaboration is important. Um, sometimes it makes sense to combine efforts, and sometimes it doesn't. So I think further discussions on that would be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think you know we we owe it to uh, you know folks that use transportation to do all that we can to you know, make things better. And better means different things you know, in different spaces. But I, I think we're all committed to, to innovating and making a difference um, so that people can, can get where they need to go in the best way possible.
and with the level of investment that uh, the, that the Biden administration and Congress have made possible. Um, and in four and a half years, four years, closer, yes. um, <laughs> we're going to be doing it again. And um, a lot of confidence that we, we need to make a similar investment. This was a down, Certainly. not quite a down payment. I give it a lot more credit <laughs> than that. But it was a significant investment that has to be replicated in yes. five years. So the extent to which we can demonstrate to the public and to Congress uh, that we have done, you know, we have executed innovation, we meaning the big we, the, yes. the industry, the, the uh, obviously the owners, um, the more we can demonstrate that commitment and that these technologies, these innovations, these systems are reducing cost and getting yes. more bang for their buck mm -hmm. is always a critical, it's important huge. factor. So um, leaders like you, that are um, making it happen in state DOTs are, are the, it's, it's ground zero of an effort to really um, impress uh, everyone involved that these investments are gonna go as uh, further than, than, they, than they can in the historical perspective. Right. Um, so Dell Dodd is leading um, and um, um, a lot of other states are as well. And um, I think there's, this is a real turning point for technology and, and what we do. Yes. So, um, and again, the big we. Yes, yes. And I, I would yeah. be remiss if I didn't say, it's our team that does all of this. Um, so, uh, you know, from the, the person that's out in the field um, to those who are in the office, um, all the way up to leadership, we all play a role in, in making sure that we, we deliver on those, uh, on those commitments um, to infrastructure. And so it's exciting to, to be in this time and uh, you know, have the resources to be able to do what we need to do uh, to make a difference. But it's definitely a, a huge team effort here. And I know from my own experience that effort is only successful if the leadership is open to it and that collaboration with your own team makes it possible. So uh, congratulations on being that, uh, that leadership team or part of that leadership team that makes it happen. But uh, it was, it's, it's important to underscore what you just did. It's the frontline troops who are in the trenches, who are really learning and experiencing what works, what doesn't. Um, and uh, clearly that's, um, I think that's growing, and I think you're seeing uh, an impact of this generational shift in terms of that understanding and, and, and uh, commitment to technology as a solution. So yes. the timing, it's just an extraordinary yes. time to be involved in, uh, in transportation infrastructure and in the context of attracting that workforce we're talking mm -hmm. about. I think it's going to be critically important, and everybody's focused on that. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I think technology will be a big part of that solution. Madam Deputy Secretary, thank you so much thank for you. taking the time uh, to have this conversation, and uh, please continue and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the InfraTalk podcast. We hope this discussion inspires you to ask your own questions and encourages you to have discussions with policymakers and your peers. If you want to know more about InfraTalk America, visit us at infratalkamerica.com, follow us on social media at InfraTalk USA, or subscribe to the InfraTalk podcast on your favorite listening platform to be notified of all new episodes and features. And remember, every innovation starts with a conversation. So let's start talking. <laughs>